Ahoy there, land lovers. It's me, Kevin Smith. Jason Hughes. Have you ever wanted to get lost on the high seas with Jay and Silent Bob? Well, you're going to have your chance in the year 2024. Join us for Jay and Silent Bob's Cruise Askew. Live podcasts every night. We got a movies on board. There's a View Askew Museum. What else? Music, dancing, That's hooting, right. hollering. What are you waiting for, man? JayandSilentBobCruiseAskew.com. We will protect you from sharks. Oh, hey everybody, welcome to another Smodco Nooner podcast on the Smodco Internet Radio Network. I can barely speak. I am here with fellow uh, Merp, John Sylvain. Hi! Oh, wait. Now try again. Hi! Uh, damn it, it's still so fucking loud. Um, uh, Not you. No, no, you're fine. It's it's me and my my. I have some knob issues. My knob doesn't function the way I want it to. Yeah. Um. What? What? No, I mean, I it's just like I want it to do certain things, and it just kind of like gets all like does flaccid, and you know, it just doesn't work the way I want it to. Your knob. Yeah. Do you polish it? You should. You should polish it regularly. Did you know that? I wish you wouldn't do it on camera uh well when am i gonna do it I my know. life is lived in the public eye do you remember jenny so I cam polish my knob at some point and somebody's gonna see it basically because i'm always someone's always looking at me because that's the life of the celebrity that i am you are living uh what is that there's a there is a a condition that people can get where they think that they're constantly being watched uh, there was oh, a, really? Yeah, and they think it, basically uh, that they're... always watching me? Uh, is it the no, Rockwell syndrome? No, it's not. It's uh, it's a no. syndrome where they, they believe that they're... It's like a, the, I think the nickname is the, the Truman Show syndrome. And they, they constantly think that they're being televised or, or you know scrutinized by some unknown entity. Oh, yeah. Um, do is you that re- called paranoid schizophrenia? N- nope. No, 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 it's not. Um, so a subset of paranoid schizophrenia. Uh, maybe some overlap, but uh, I think you know all, a lot of these DSM five uh, psychiatric disorders are on a spectrum, and there's a lot of overlap and comorbidities. Uh, yes, you know this is the podcast you come to when you want to talk about comorbidities. So, yeah, comorbidities. In fact, you're thinking about changing the name to comorbidities. 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 That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Uh, so, John, great to see you, um, albeit virtually. It, it is great to see you too, Marty. It's always a pleasure. Um, Cassandra. But I mean that sincerely. It might sound like I'm saying that ironically or I'm undercutting it or I'm lying but and a lot of people might assume that, but it's true. I really, it's really a pleasure to see you. I really mean that. I mean, I, okay, I don't, do, do, I don't. Do you realize the more you say it, the more it, it kind of yes. feeds into that? Yes, yes, yes I do. 
Yes, and but I mean it. I mean, I oh, I, oh well, at least you mean it. Say it mean. Say oh, you mean it five more times, and then I mean it. No, I really mean it. A lot of people right. when they see you, they would not mean it, but I really mean it. I, I don't. Most people, people who would say. see me would say they don't mean it. Right, uh, but they would say it, but they would not mean it. But no. I mean it. No, no, I'm yeah. sincere when I say it's really good to see you. If you want to join in Not the conversation, like everyone that's else. Nooner Podcast on uh, X.com. No, if I if I go to X.com, where does that, where does it take me? We'll we'll get into that later. We'll we'll get into I, that. I, I went to TripleX.com and oh, okay. uh, X.com does take me to Twitter. You would think that if he was really if he were really committed to um, this this venture, Twitter.com would take you to X.com. Anyhow. Not my, uh, not my billions of dollars to to question him about stuff, um, John. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a dog's age. We uh, we missed last week. Yeah, we missed the end of Twitter. Yeah, we missed the end of Twitter. We'll we'll get to that. Like I said, um, I want to say that I I finally finished the Bear season two, and you yeah. were you were right that. Uh, episode seven called Forks you, that you were quick to to point out that I was wrong about the the one that I thought that you were talking about was very good. Yes, uh, it, it's a much different. It's like uh, what I like about that show is as opposed to having every episode in a very short season go um, the same level. They they sought to to. Uh, create like nuance and, and pacing and, and rhythm changes. And yes. So season, uh, episode six is very chaotic season. Episode seven is very uh, sort of fluid and calming and in mm. a way, in a way, but, but yes, but in a way not. Uh, ultimately, how did you feel about season two of the bear? Uh, well, I think I've, I'm on record here. Um, here at the nooner podcast saying that uh, season one of the bear was excellent and season two of the bear was much better. I think season two of the bear for the most part is it's really fantastic television. It's up there with, it's just fantastic. Great, 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 great writing, great performances, great direction. And like you said, every single episode is like a mini movie. I mean, I think there and I don't. I don't think any episode is um, uh, really feels like a filler. But you know, Forks and then the Christmas episode, which is do you know what it's called anyway? Uh, episode what, six. Episode six. Those two are so good that really most other things that have been created by humans pale in comparison, including the other episodes in the series. But. Um, well, it, it, yeah, let us know what you think about it. I, I did find that as it went on, as it progressed, it got a little bit, um, I mean, there are always like elements of, of disbelief in any sort of drama, but um, I, I felt like there were some elements I, I just wish, um, like he, he the, the main character does things at a very critical moment where you're like, you know, you could have just put that off a week. You know, and um, and and focused on whatever, but but uh, anyway, that that does. Can, that, I, can I say this about it's about not a very good? Work? It's not a very specific comment, but um, no, I, I, I don't want to spoil the, anything for anybody. One of the things about restaurant work is that everything 
every night seems is like opening night of a play and everything every meal especially if you're operating at a very high level but even at a low level where i operated every meal is um important like all the stakes are always important and it always feels like something terrible is about to happen right if you serve a good meal at a restaurant that is expected but if you serve a bad meal that is like something right. that gets jumped on it gets yelped it gets put on reddit and it gets ex- like um you know one bad review equals a hundred good reviews basically oh yeah and, that's absolutely true and it is uh, when you see like these top restaurants um the consistency is and that's like what mcdonald's does and consistency is is what um is the key to your success and that's something that that uh, uh what's his name mr um it's the guy who gives mr. All, mr skin no the guy who gives away all that money um beast mr uh, beast mr beast yeah you know he he basically farmed out a a formula to these ghost kitchens and he did not have control over the process and it, like it turned out really shitty and uh, or inconsistent i should say and so if 60% of the the burgers are great and 40% are terrible people only focus on the 40% you know yeah but and but uh mcdonald's uh 100% of their burgers are mediocre right they're shooting for a C plus, you know, or a C minus. That's successful because uh, people know that it's uh, that the chances of you getting below a C <clears throat> is very low, and yeah, and that is good enough for a lot of people. A lot of people, most people, don't care as much about food as as um, as you or me, you know. Um, but I, I, yeah, I really like. Uh, to eat and and I mean I I don't have high standards but I I do have a I mean I have a wide gamut of things I like to eat but I don't I I I like looking for interesting things to eat and I don't find that at McDonald's. I don't think that I think you have pretty high standards. In my experience of observing you, you know you you want good food and you you know what good food is. I mean, I guess you'll eat pretty much anything, even if it's bad. But yeah, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm, it's kind of like with um, comedy. I will laugh at a lot of things, but I'm right. You know, and you are a generous laugher as well. You're yes, the, probably that's... the most generous. Um, but yes, overly generous. Yeah. So I don't, I don't believe you when you laugh at, at things I say. So. <laughs> oh, really? Uh... Oh. Your eyes weren't laughing too, so I knew that that wasn't. A you can't true even. Laugh. See, I can't even. See, can't see. No, your 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 setup like, is the worst right now. It's like it's like I'm talking to 1935, like 12 <laughs> frames a second, like on a whatever an Edison graph or whatever they call them. You know. Yeah. Um, John, I'm, call- I'm calling from the past. How have you been? Tell us something new that's going on with you. Uh, well, I just saw Oppenheimer for the second time last night. <laughs> so you um, just saw it for the second time. I just saw it last night for the second time. I've been working out um, with a 
trainer, so my entire body is in pain. Uh, oh, and, um, but also well-oiled. Yeah, I, I, uh, let's see what else is going on. Oh my God, Marty, this is, this is, this is shocking. This is like, this is like a metaphor for life. So I just, uh, opened up a vent, um, in my room, my room. I didn't say anything. Okay. And, uh, so I have air conditioning in my room and I didn't know it till today. Um, that is crazy but you do have an exhaust fan right behind you yes because i thought i only had a fan it's not an exhaust fan it's just a fan i thought that was how my room was getting being cooled i'm sorry what i could probably turn off my room okay it's being cooled in fact i'm gonna go close the window and turn off that fan and maybe my room will get cool can you believe that i have not known i had that van that vent closed for the last like seven months that that is something i would do i'd be like oh i that, that that clearly is not you know is a relic of some previous iteration of this room and yeah it's it's it didn't occur to me to open it until i just look i didn't it's a it's a level of like is it giving you a stroke right now huh huh yes continuous it's just stunning you know isn't it just it's like what the actual fuck? Why? And, uh, yeah, we cannot live without air conditioning in most of this country. Yeah, um, well, I mean, you can. I can. It's it's really not hasn't been that bad. It's just that you know, it's like it's like finding LA, out in LA. You know, it's like finding out. Oh yeah, there's a, there is a, a a person in my room who wants yeah. to. Oh, you. Like, all day, you but I didn't notice. When you, you, you've been sleeping on this giant rock that's like just poking into your back. Oh, I thought it was oh. oh, this rock oh. is supposed to be in the bed. God. Oh, I could move it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Right. I Well, good. That, that must be a very good feeling. Uh, there was a bunch of police dogs who died because they were stuck in, in an unair-conditioned car. Um, this a uh, bunch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yes. Who's in charge of those police dogs? Uh, the cops. The cops are terrible. No, the cops are not terrible, but they're they're. Well, those cops are terrible. Those cops are terrible. Yeah. Well, how? Where was this? Uh, this was in a police car. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that makes sense then. Yeah. Oh well. Then. Were the were these bad dogs? Were they, they were in the back of the car. Or they... This was in Indiana, and oh they were. God. They were. Is it too soon to make fun of this whole story? It is, isn't it? What? What terrible people! It's too soon for me to laugh at this. Oh no! Well, these I love. Both John and I are huge dog lovers. And it's it is really sad. Dogs. Yeah. So this truck where these dogs were being taken, um, uh, transported in, did the air conditioner was was broken in the back, and nobody seemed to know it. And um, several dogs passed away on their way to training. Yep. Um, That's sad. What were their names? Let's let's uh, memorialize them. With there was Rex. And um, Rex 2. 
Weird thing, they were all named Rex. Um, they were? Yeah, yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. They're all police dogs are named Rex, yeah, Because right? that way it was easy to train them because they would all respond at once and they weren't all working, right. the, you know, work at the same uh, yeah. police station. Uh, yeah. And we lost a, a few luminaries this week. We Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sinead O'Connor. Uh, yeah, Sinead O'Connor. She passed away. Uh, she had... A terrible, terrible 18 months. She lost her teenage son 18 months yeah. ago to suicide, and she uh, did not recover from that. She was in London, and she um, passed away. Uh, and Tony Bennett? Tony Bennett, yeah. It was sad when he passed because he lived an incredibly long and happy life. Yeah. So that was pretty sad. He was 92, right? Oh, um yeah. Uh, no, he was more than he was born in 1926. So 1926. Yeah, so. I can't do math. And nine, he was born. He he almost made it to 96. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was great. Apparently, apparently, he was uh, suffering from uh, dementia, but he kept on performing. Wow. Which is, I mean, he was great. He was really, really. Very great. And so Sinead O'Connor, she was great. She was amazing. They both had beautiful, distinctive voices. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tony Bennett was much more of a, a sort of a... Uh, crooner. A, he was a crooner. He was a crooner. A warm hug of a crooner. And Sinead O'Connor was a belter and, mm -hmm. uh, and just did amazing things with that Prince song. And... Yeah, uh, and then we also most recently lost Paul Rubens. Yeah, I didn't know about that until uh, I saw it on our thing, and I, I looked it up. I didn't realize that. Yeah, really so he had uh, had cancer for the past five or six years, and he kept it quiet. He, but he was seventy years old, so he wasn't young, but he wasn't that old. And no, he was still he was still. Uh, only seven years old, really. Yeah, and just what a wonderful performer. Uh, so beloved. I knew a few people who knew him. I never met him. Um, but, like, just just a, a, a beloved performer. He uh, uh, performed on Broadway doing Pee Wee Herman with Phil Lamar, our, our friend, your, your friend. Your I saw that show. Oh, okay, so he did Pee Wee's Playhouse on Broadway. How yeah. was it? Uh, it was good. I mean, you know, it was it was uh, it was exciting. I went to see it because uh, my friend Phil was in it. Yeah, uh, and it was great. Scott Adsit was in the in the audience with me, and so I shook his hand. He's the guy from Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock, the bald, unhappy producer. Um, and I said, "Love your work." So that was nice because I've been watching. I was with you and. Uh... Um, um, and, uh, yes, so it was a good show. Um, and then, oh, I got to go backstage and it was just so funny being a, from a small theater, um, you know, uh, person who makes small theater. So the backstage, uh, just very quickly, uh, Phil played cowboy. Yeah. Cowboy, whatever his name, Bob, Cow no, cowboy. No. uh, the one cowboy. that, that, uh, Lawrence Fishburne played yeah. in back uh, in the day. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, just back backstage of uh, of uh, the show looked like the backstage of any 
theater show. Just, you know, it was unpainted and ugly and goofy looking and which is looked haphazard and, you know. Isn't that awesome, though? I mean, I've yeah, never been backstage. It was, backstage, it was just, that. it was fantastic. It was just so hilarious to see that, you know, the backstage of anything just looks like shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like once you get behind the glitz, it's Who just cares? glum. Uh, yeah. And Paul Rubens, like Pee Wee Herman, uh, I, do you remember the first time you saw Pee Wee Herman? I wasn't really a big Pee Wee Herman uh, uh, person. Um, and I don't remember the first time I saw it. So, he, no. He you? was on, yeah. He was on a, a show. Well, his first show was on HBO. And I I remember, like, I was it was 1981 or so, and it, it, it I was, like, 12 at the time. And it was really intense and weird, and I didn't have experience seeing things that were, I wouldn't call it ironic, but kind of playing at something in a way um, that I hadn't seen before. And I found it both captivating and terrifying. Uh, because it was he was so intense and weird uh, it was like i didn't know how to to process it and then yeah but i couldn't stop watching at the same time yeah i think my first uh first experience with peewee was uh, i think he was in a cheech and chong movie mm -hmm. he was I, right? I think it was up in smoke in 1980 and i think he said i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm not sorry <laughs> and then he ran away and i just thought that was hilarious yeah, he he was. I believe he was a founding member of the Groundlings. And one of I used to work with somebody who was and would speak glowingly about him back in the day in their you know in the uh, mid seventies when the Groundlings started. That's the the improv um, theater here in L.A. that produced um, Kristen Wiig and uh, Will Ferrell and uh, Will Will what's his name. Elvira as well. Will Vira? No, Elvira. Will Vira. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just oh, a bunch of great, great uh, uh, Pat Morita on, on down the line. And it, it, it's a great theater. And he was there at the beginning with, with um, Phil uh, Hartman. And who's yeah. in the, the... So at the Roxy, he did a, the, uh, a show in 1981. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube. And it's just, it is magical. It's really cool just to see how he could bridge sort of innocence and adult sensibilities at the same childhood, childlike sen like innocence with adult sensibilities without making it creepy. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, it was just a, a magical thing. And, and, and he parlayed that into a huge empire uh, yeah. at, before he had his downfall when he was at a movie theater just doing whatever private things yeah. in a public place at a adult movie theater uh, he went to an adult movie theater and whacked off like and he was the only person who's ever done that yeah oh oh except for eugene levy yeah um, and everybody else was in that movie theater and yeah and on down the line was he i'm sorry not eugene levy sorry fred willard uh, I apologize to the Levy family. Um, no, I do. I do know. Look, at th that's really bad. That this, uh, I really feel bad that I, I misspoke. But should feel bad. Uh, but Fred Willard that, was... Because between the time when you said, I wait, oh, no, I'm wrong, like 45 people went and put that on the internet. I know, I know. 
Yeah. Um, now Eugene Levy's career is over. But no, and I mean Fred Willen passed away as well. But but see that see what happens. See what happens when you're not careful with what you say. Fred Willard passed away, and Pee Wee Herman. How do you feel? Okay. So uh, they, it just it was a little you mean, you a huge a, bummer. Yes, but then he, at the same time, he had this empire that he had built from the Pee Wee Pee Wee's Playhouse. And think of all the merchandising that he he capitalized on from uh, from the Pee Wee dolls and all that stuff. So he led. I mean, I hope he he led a, a satisfying life. He was in. He played. Uh, what, what's his name? Cobble. Who, who does um, uh, Danny DeVito? What's his name in uh, Batman Returns? Cobblepot. Oh, Cobblepot, the yeah, penguin. He, he plays the senior Cobblepot uh, to to Danny DeVito's penguin. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so he's he <coughs> he was much beloved, and he went to Cal Arts, and that's uh, maybe why he went got um, hooked up with uh, uh, Tim Burton, to, who directed Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Um, yeah, yeah, but I'm sorry he's boring to you, but. Um, you know, um, uh, nobody knows that I was yawning until you said that. Oh, sorry, sorry, that's my my bad. Um, Barb and Barbie, did you see Barbie? I saw Barbie twice. So you saw Barbie twice and uh, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer twice. Uh, so did you see them the first time together, back to back? No, that's crazy. Okay, and. <clears throat> Oppenheimer is three hours long, and Barbie is two hours long. So you put that together, you know how many hours that is? Mm -mm. It's five hours. Okay. It's actually more like six if you add in all the, you know, trailers and shit. Okay. That sounds... Did you see? Did you see the movies? I, I did not. I did not. So you haven't seen either one? No, no. What are you? Are you not American or what? Are you living in a cave? What is? What is wrong with you? Well, I, I, I saw the Australian film Talk to Me. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so let's talk about that. It was really great. It's like these okay. two brothers, the, these um, uh, Greek-Australian twin brothers, they, they developed a following on YouTube doing just really sort of silly, fun videos with high, big special effects and... And stuff like that but they you know over the years they've had a huge following and then you know you you watch them you're like oh that's amusing oh that's cute oh it's the marvel avengers versus harry the harry potter world oh it's uh it's the star wars world against the harry potter world and and every iteration in between there and in, in every setting so lots of special effects and silly things and whatever uh, but uh, they got their shit together for this and talked to me and they put together a humdinger of a film. Yes, that's right. Humdinger. That's Nooner Podcast um, at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, it's it's really, really well done. It's it's a possession film that is scary and, and disturbing and well-crafted, well-paced and 93 minutes. So... That's oh, the way well, movies yeah. should be. 
Exactly. That is exactly the perfect length of a film. But uh, their opening weekend, they only made $10 million, which is, by the way, a success for them. That's really good. Yeah. That's very, very good. Versus the billion dollars that Barbie has made worldwide. So. Has it made a billion dollars? Um, I believe so. I'm giving that number secondhand. But um, so, what was your thought about those two movies and and how like they came out in the same mo- weekend? Do they complement each other? Is it overhyped that that sort of Barbenheimer thing? Oh no! Well, I don't think it's it's overhyped in the sense that these are two non sequel original films. They are both based on intellectual property that exists before. Barbie is based on a toy. And Oppenheimer existed. And Oppenheimer is based on a book called American Prometheus, and he did exist. Um, and uh, it's and they're both, but they're both made by uh, what I think, especially now, you would characterize as um, auteurs, uh, Greta Gerwig and um, Christopher Nolan. Um, they're both very, very interesting and idiosyncratic films, and they're both uh, very, very, very successful. Um, so I don't think I think it's a, it's kind of a shock to the Hollywood system. It's not a Marvel movie. It's not a DC movie. It's not a Fast and the Furious movie. It's not a you know sequel uh, from. Uh, it's not you know Indiana Jones. It's not a whole bunch of things, and uh, they both came out on the same weekend. Um, and they both did well. And yeah, I, I, I don't think you can uh, overstate sort of the importance of the success of these two movies. Um, they have really nothing to do with each other, except that they both came out at the same time. Um, but I'll say this, it's hard not to compare them. And uh, guess which movie I think is uh, better by a long shot? Uh, well... Seeing as you saw Oppenheimer, you just saw Oppenheimer for the second time, means that you are more interested in seeing Barbie for the second time first. So I would interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting uh, way of saying it. So you think I saw that it was just based on other people's, um, but that's a very good, very astute. Barbie is a much, much, much better movie. Barbie is one of the best movies ever made. If I were to make my list of the top like 20 movies, Barbie totally would have been on it. It might be on the top 10. It might even be in the top five. I'll have to watch it more. But here's the thing about Barbie. Barbie is hype proof. Like, and there's a few movies that are like that. Very few. One of them is Babe. Um, and uh, what I mean by and another one is Strictly Ballroom. Those two movies are movies that if I tell you they are great, and then you go and watch them at the beginning of the movie. You're going to say, I don't know what the fuck Sylvain was talking about. And then by the end, you'll be completely engrossed. Barbie is so weird. It takes it takes so many weirdo risks and it lands all it lands almost everything it tries. Barbie is about um, being a human. It's a book. It's a movie about a doll that examines the. Um, what it's like to be a, 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 a human, a gendered human in, in the world. Um, and uh, it's just, it's just fantastic. And it looks great. The production, the production design is incredible. I just can't say more too much about it. 
Oppenheimer is a fantastically well-crafted movie. Ultimately, what it's about, what they chose to make the movie about is not um, wise. It's, that doesn't hold up. It, it kind of ruins the film. Um, it's also uh, strangely, the sound mix is very strange um, because uh, at many points it's hard to understand uh, the dialogue because the music mix is so loud and um, there's a and there's a, this the constant use of surprisingly loud um, sounds gets to you after the second viewing after a while you're like please you know yes things blow up and they're loud okay got it please stop very very loud film um, and I say that but I say that in a sense that you know this is this is a, um, I wouldn't say it's a masterpiece, but it's certainly one a great film. Well, you, and, uh, you it, did put it in the top five, you said? Eight? No, I'm talking about Barbie. Yeah. I would put Barbie might be in the top five. Oppenheimer is it's a great movie. Oh, great movie. I see. You're saying, okay. I would not, I don't even think Oppenheimer would be in my top 100. Uh, but I'd certainly, I would certainly wouldn't say it's bad. Yeah, and I'll, I mean, if you go and see it, which I really highly highly recommend that you see Oppenheimer in the theater, both because because I think the sound is very important. I find it, um, I found it uh, annoying after uh, after a while because it is so loud, but I think that it'll be you know it's it's got it's something that you want to see in the theater because the sound mix is incredible. I'm cer cer certain it'll win. Certain, I'm certain it'll win the uh, Oscar for sound something. Ah, um, are you going to go see these movies or no? You're just I gonna... I will see these movies absolutely. Did you go out and did you go out to the movie theater and see talk talk to me? I did, I did, and you was... went out and saw an Australian horror film, and you didn't go out. And yeah, do it. because of contrarian. The, because, no, babe. Uh, you know, you mentioned Babe and Strictly Ballroom, so I went on the Australian tip and was like, "All right, like that's the way to go." My favorite directors are Australian: George Miller, you know, um, Margot Robbie's Australian. There you go. So I'll see that too. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think um, I was just impressed by the level of craft of. And talk to me. Um, the sound design was great. The special effects were really good, and it was a very not the m most complicated story, but for a fil first film, it was so engrossing and really fun. And okay, so I have to ask you a couple questions before I go and see this movie. Does anybody get decapitated? No. Does anybody get impaled? Does anybody get any of their limbs cut off? There's an attempt. Is it successful? No, it's an attempt. No. no. <laughs> well, just because it's an attempt, does that mean it's necessarily an unsuccessful attempt? Right. So anyway, so it meets it meets my criteria for maybe I'll go see this horror film. 
Did you see the uh, trailer for Exorcist Believer? I I did. It played at the head of the movie. What? Do you, didn't that look terrifying? Doesn't that look like something you don't want to see? No, it, look like it looks exactly something like something away? I want to see. You like horror films. Crazy. Well, no. Crazy. You, and I, I guess here's my thing is I like good movies. And I like well-made movies of all sorts, all shapes and sizes. And there are times when I'm in the mood for a horror movie. And um, I'll take it. And, and But like... A well-made movie or a well-intentioned movie that tries really hard is, is really fun to watch, to see the resourcefulness of, of filmmakers, whether it's a drama or a horror film uh, or an action film. And what happens is I, I was listening to uh, the guy who directed uh, Your Next. Um, what's his name? Anyway, it's part about part of this whole sort of mumblecore horror sort of um, uh, group, and he went on to do uh, Death Note for uh, Netflix, and then he went on to do another film, uh, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, and he was saying like you know horror film is something like a genre horror is a genre that you can go in and be incredibly resourceful because you're it's easier to get a rise out of people when you don't have a lot of resources because you can just cut a limb off or whatever or, or do a jump scare and, and yeah exactly. and that is a, a very efficient way of providing thrills for people and then he was saying that like once you all of a sudden get a budget of tens of millions of dollars, like then the game is totally different. Not that you can't still do scary things, but like a whole, like I think his point was similar to the way I am as a consumer is like, I appreciate just good storytelling and for, um, I, I'll look him up in a, a minute, but for him having, um, those limitations of, of a no-budget filmmaker, uh, it, it it sort of put him in a very small box of where he could make movies. And now that he has more money, he can expand and, and go elsewhere. And I respect that. And I don't think he's going to lose his horror roots. I think James Gunn has done a similar thing. He did uh, Sliver, Slither, and he did, um, what was the, the one with Rain Wilson? Um, was it super? Super, yeah. And those were low budget sort of genre films that were very gory. And um, he was he was a big uh, he did a lot of things at Troma. He wrote uh, Tromeo and Juliet. Yeah. That was one of his first. Yeah, and that's how you sort of learn how to make uh, how to to create sort of emotional moments from no money, you know. Talking about Adam Wingard. Uh, yes. Wingard. Wingard. Yeah. Not Wingard. Wingard. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's a really a very solid director. And your next is is streaming if you on I think HBO or one of the streaming services. And it's a great film. And like it's a one of these single location horror films that was so satisfying and great and fun. Uh, 
So what uh, what do you think about this? This is what I tell my students that that uh, horror has a different relationship with the audience than most other genres. Comedy sort of has this, but most other movies are trying to hide the fact that they're emotionally manipulating you so that like you're watching a romantic movie or you feel watching a drama and you're starting to feel for these people. But if you knew and if you could become aware of the um, of the mechanics of the uh, storytelling that are getting you to feel a certain way, you resent it and you you get mad and you get out, you're taken out of the film. Horror, on the other hand, it, you know, and that's why a lot of people uh, like I have a lot of students who watch a lot of horror. And one of the appeals is watching, noticing what they're doing to scare me, even though. I mean, a lot of people who are like watch uh, uh, one or two horror movies a week, they're no longer scared. They're just watching to to see how they're making the jump scare, how they're constructing it, how you know, so that so that the uh, because the implicit agreement is you're going to scare me, right? Like you go into a mo most movies, and the implicit agreement is you're going to take me on a journey, and I will feel things, but I don't want to know what those things are. Whereas a horror film is, we're gonna, we're going to scare you. So are you ready? And you go, yes, I'm ready. I'm here for it, and I'm and I appreciate the work that you're doing. So it allows filmmakers a a, a bigger latitude of of tools um, and a bigger latitude of of um, uh, yeah tools or just ways to to do things. And so you can show off kind of your filmmaking, and you can come up with new ways of doing things you know when you go back to what's his face with the evil dead sam raimi with um you know putting the camera on uh you know boards and like running along so the the camera is like slithering along the ground and you know all kinds of different ways of moving the camera and then you know telling stories like i guess blair witch project was shown in the big theater this this weekend i missed it but i just saw the thing on linkedin from uh, ben rock who's a, a friend of ours who so, was involved in the original production. And uh, and that was, you know, that kind of invented a new way of doing horror um, and, you know, found footage and then paranormal activity kind of. I, I didn't see any of those movies, but sort of went along. And, and there's always new ways of kind of exploring this. Is, this I'm sorry, <laughs> what was the question? What do you think about the um, uh, the idea that horror has a different relationship to the audience? That, that was a very, very long question. It was very um, fun to watch where you went with that. Uh, I don't think it's any different from a uh, somebody who enjoys Hallmark holiday romances and watches them religiously every year without any sense of surprise about who ends up with whom. No, no, I think, but I think, I think that the, 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 the feelings that you have, I think, honestly, that's not true. I think that, like, the, the I know some people who watch all those movies, and they are always surprised. They don't have a very sophisticated appreciation of the storytelling. They are surprised, and they they, they do not know why they are feeling sad or happy uh, for the characters because that's hidden. The means of production are hidden. I I um I would. I think that there's a subsection of 
of viewers of both genres who are in that camp, and then there's a subsection who are in the camp of, I know it's going to happen, and I just want to watch it and enjoy it, and I don't care. Um, I, I work with people who watch these uh, some of them watch these movies annually and they laugh at them, but they enjoy them. The, the Hallmark um, holiday romances. And then there are those who watch horror films I work with. Uh, I was talking to um, one of them yesterday who watches horror films and also has that same relationship with them where he laughs at parts of them and then also enjoys uh, d but doesn't care and, and enjoys them as well. So I, I guess that there's my point is that. So you're disagreeing with me. Um, I'm, I'm just. <laughs> it's okay. You can disagree with me. <laughs> it's not like my whole identity is caught up in this or anything like that. I know. Fine. <laughs> John, you realize everybody has listened to every episode that we've done, and all we do is disagree with each other. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Method. Thank you. I think you meant to say and scene. <laughs> uh, can we move on? No, I. I but you, if we want to, it's like you. You do have a, a point. I think that like. I'm sorry. What? They're lovers. They're lovers of any genre that get so excited about, like. There, you know, you watch Corridor Crew, which is a YouTube channel that I, I watch re regularly, and Relig go ahead and say religiously. And they, every week, they deconstruct things and they talk about them, but they are super excited about them. So you can be both. You can be both. I guess is my point. Yeah, I think you're right. Wait. I just don't. I need a clean. I need a, a clean audio for that. Okay, ready? Yeah. Okay, ready. Quiet, quiet on the Three, set. two. Marty, you might be right. Sorry. Uh, never mind. I'll have AI. Marty, I'll have AI do it. Don't worry about it. I just it. You might be right. Is that no. clean? Mm. Going to use it for later. Marty, you might be right. Okay. Cool. But I doubt it. No. Um. So. So. It's funny because you say that because I I started reading uh, some romance novels because what? A friend of, yeah a friend of mine wrote them and uh, and I so I read three of them and I just uh, I just couldn't it, they were all they were all based on the same thing the same misunderstanding and I just I just I get so angry at the characters like you guys it, come on it might be my friend's you know, limited writing. imagination. You know, I, I, you know, it's just it. It what I mean, it what it was. It was the same conflict that you see in all those Hallmark movies, where these two people like each other, but then they they somehow, in this the stupidest way possible, 
don't notice. Right. And, uh, these and teenagers, like they, they go into this house that is clearly like, you know, full of ominous like um, characters and who are armed with power tools, but yet they still go in. Yeah. Did you see, what was that? What was that? Uh, is it like Dr. Pepper commercial where they, she's like, why don't we just get in the running car? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 let's go into the cemetery, you idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, this actually talked to me was a very, very simple and elegant premise, but it did evoke, um, the exorcist, which is now on its 50th anniversary. I believe, uh, it came out in 1973. Uh, uh, oh Okay, in the first scene of Talk to Me, there's a very gory action-filled moment. And okay. it, it it is part of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh and it is explained oh, later. There's no no impalement or decapitation um, or anything. There's no oh, decapitation. Wait a minute, disembowelment? No, no. Um but every, what, are they being flayed? Uh, wait a minute! Do eyeballs pop out? I'm not going to be able to watch this. Uh, I anyhow, are any noses cut off? Because that's that's a amputation. There are no noses. That that is in the Sentinel from 1978 or 79 with Chris Randon, uh, Beverly Beverly D'Angelo played the mom in Christmas. I remember. I remember. Okay, it's a I remember. Great movie. It's a wonderful movie. It's great. Um, that's the scene with where where these old people. Are naked. That's the horrifying part of the sentence. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's a very scary movie. Uh, but this movie, like, um, anyhow, uh, point being is that The Exorcist starts out so slowly. You know, you're in the Middle East somewhere, like Eritrea or whatever. They're digging up stuff, and then you see, uh, you see. Uh, what's her name? Jill, not Jill Clayberg. Um, what's her name? Um, uh, uh, from um, the actress. From the actress. Yeah, her. Um, yeah, she's. Uh, look it up for me. And you know, she's talking with her her twelve year old daughter Reagan, and it's like it feels like a documentary. And you're like Ellen Burstyn. Ellen Burstyn, and who's just fantastic and. You just watch, fantastic. You're, you're watching this and you're like, I thought this was a horror movie. And and then it slowly unfolds and it takes its time. Billy Friedkin just did an, a, a masterful job. Billy. Billy. He's a friend. Yeah. 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 Billy's yeah. in the other room. He's in the guest room right now taking a nap. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's naked and old, scary as hell. Yeah. Just like that guy in the, the, uh, the Sentinel, but, uh, it, it is, it is great. And it, and it's really, um, effective, but now the mass audiences don't have the patience for that. We're in a TikTok world where people need things delivered very quickly. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad how people suck. I, well, it's just the, the, it, it's the way things are, and you, it doesn't mean you can't st- tell a good story. You just have to pace it slightly differently than you could in the seventies. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and in the seventies, you could do whatever you wanted because the studios had no idea what was going on. There's so much um, cocaine; nobody cared. Uh, well, there was also the, the... Ah, shit. Ah, wait, hold on. Ah, ah, wait. Ah, eaten by one of his dogs, I think, or else maybe he's just talking to his penis. It's hard to tell from this angle. Uh, no, I just got unplugged. Uh, my, uh, I was polishing my knobs, and oh yeah, my knob came unplugged. You only want to polish one knob at a time. If you polish two knobs at a time, something might get out of control. That's my advice uh, to you, Marty. So, what was the first movie that scared the shit out of you that made you hate horror films for all time? Let me let me tell you this quick story about William Friedkin watching the lines around the block on The Exorcist. He turned to his producer and he said, well, the party's over. And the producer said, what do you mean? He said, when the money guys get a load of this, they're going to want it every time. Now, it actually took four years for that to actually happen. But that is what happened. And so you have, you know, and like four years later, you had Star Wars and Close Encounters. And in 75, you had Jaws. And Jaws feels like a, uh, it has a slow burn like The Exorcist too. Um, well, no, it doesn't. But it. Anyway, it has it. It feels like uh, a lot of uh, you know seventies movies is a lot of politics as opposed to like there's a shark and it's gonna kill us. Um, the first movie that I ever saw, I remember <laughs> my friend and I were in, I was in high school and we went to see Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, I think, and uh, we went in there and we sat down and we were both kind of nervous. And then at the very beginning of that movie, Jason comes inexplicably, comes out of the lake while this girl is at the, on the rowboat um, and uh, grabs her on the neck. And it's, I think it's a dream sequence or something. I don't know what it is. Um, and then we just both stood up and walked out and went and watched Charles Bronson and Death Wish. Because that's, that was it. That was the scariest thing. Uh, that was the scariest thing I ever. Uh, that was scary, and I was that was enough. But but for me, the reason that I I avoid horror films is not necessarily just because they're scary. It's not that I did dislike. Like I I I love Get Out. I love a lot of horror films, but I I am very uh, squeamish, and I do. And nowadays, you know, like I watched Hereditary, and then the you know spoiler alert, the girl's head gets cut off. And you don't, it's just, no, forget no, it. It doesn't I'm, get cut off. It gets lopped off through sheer <sighs> blunt force of a telephone pole. Well, um, so I, I don't think it's a slice. I think it's more of a... Uh, yeah. It's uh, not something that uh, I uh, can uh, stand... Yeah, no, I'm 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 a little I'm a little nauseous right now. Just and I I don't um and so and the more more and more realistic you things actually are, really feel nauseous. You can be nauseated, but you can't be nauseous. I could come out and feel your nausea right now. I'll come over there. I'll I'll touch your nausea. Uh so I can be nauseated, but I can't feel nauseous. Or I can't you, feel nauseous. You can't be nauseous. I can't be nauseous? What is nauseous? Is nauseous a word? 
What is it? How do I use nauseous in a sentence? I don't know. Somebody just yelled at me about that one time, and now I've carried it with me. Look at that's all I do. All I do is echo things that people tell me. And like if like if they have more like if they have higher stakes than me, then I believe it. This is, I believe this is what it. Trauma. This is what trauma does to people. Exactly. I have no will of my own, John. Jesus. <laughs> it's I have so no sad. original thoughts. I have no and original this, thoughts. And this is why the language is dying. <laughs> because writers like Marty are being traumatized by random people yelling at them. So if you or anyone you love has this problem, please send money because we're going to try and fight it. Don't we're at savethelanguage.com. I'm just going to just drink it away. Um, please send money so we can drink it away, so we can drink away the pain. Yeah. Please send money for, for Marty's like, alcohol. There's some budget. wonderful horror Like I, I guess my, my feeling is like horror films are just – Look, good filmmaking is good filmmaking. And, yeah, and that—that's—that's that's why I love. That's why Sam Raimi is one of my favorite directors of all time. That's why Roman Polanski is great, as problematic as he is. Uh, and I would go see any Roman Polanski movie. Right. I just wouldn't let his niece go over to his house. Your niece go. Anybody's niece. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and Ari Aster is great. You know, there's just all the the best directors out there have done horrific movies. Even Steven Soderbergh has done some her horror adjacent movies. You know, um, just uh, it, it's like uh, to me, it's it, it. It's a great genre. Yeah, it's a great genre. It's and, and a great genre. It's a great genre. And the best ones who do it also bring a sense of humor to it, and you can see that in say talk to me you can see it in uh, sam raimi obviously um like on, on down the line like i had this experience i don't know if it, so have you ever got a, a, a something from a movie caught in your head and you can't figure out what movie it's from it doesn't happen to me very often but has that ever happened to you all the time so does it well so i had this experience today. let me see if you can figure it out i figured it out drove me crazy for about like a half an hour and here here's a little quote no no, 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 no. That sounds very Jim Broadbent. It's supposed to be a woman. Oh. No. No, 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 no. Tilda Swinton? No, it's from Get Out. It's the maid from Get Out. Oh. I just had this, that I heard the voice. I couldn't quite see the face. And I was heard the voice and I knew it was like a, a weirdly high status interaction. And it felt like there was something like, I was like, is it a robot? It's science fiction-y, but it's so weird. And it is. I to mean, me, if, do you remember that scene now? It sounded like Tilda Swinton reading a transcript of this podcast. Yeah. No, 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 no. It does have no. the aspect of like, yeah. it's because, because the uh, the character is the uh, the African American maid whose brain is actually the grandmother, and so it would have that kind of like no 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 like Tilda Swinton kind of you know high uh, culture kind of yeah fruity voice behind it. So yeah. that's a that's a really good. Uh, but anyway, it drove me nuts. I actually called somebody to please help me, and they couldn't help me. 
And I was like, oh, let's get out. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. John get almost out. complimented me, by the way. Uh, Who did? You did. Me? Yeah. Oh, I've com- I compliment you all day long. I tell people nice things about you all fucking day long. Not in Not front of my face. face. Not in front of my face. Not. No way. So your your ego is too big. Yeah, I'm such a braggadocious <laughs> bastard. Get that braggadocious using the word braggadocious. <laughs> That's exactly what a braggadocious bastard would say. Uh, <laughs> Stitcher's closing down. They're shutting down in August, end of August, August 29th, after 15 years. I'd be sad if I knew what Stitcher was. Well, that's how a lot of people listen to us, uh, streaming. They provided streaming services. Oh, shit, really? But this is what happens with digital media. It, when you like, say a lot of people, you mean like uh, a lot, like his allotment? Tyson? Tyson listens to us on Stitcher. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Tyson? <laughs> no, I um, no, I'm I'm. This is not uh, a knock on any, but any specific individual. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, JP maybe. I I don't know. Like that's how we advertise it. Um, that's how I listened to uh, the Smodco radio stream was on on Stitcher. And they oh, is that right? Yeah. I could never, I could never, I figured out how to listen to it like twice and both times it, it took almost half the show for me to find it. It's a, it's a weird thing because ev- more and more people listen to audio content and, and yet there's a, a struggle out there. But luckily, like we're just killing it. But also, um, like, what do you think about... <laughs> This is one of the oldest and most popular old podcasts. It's, it's been ever one of the really, oldest. It's, it's I think if you if you say old and I mean, how many podcasts have been around over ten years and still have over thirteen years, thirteen viewers? Like how many people? <laughs> no, years, years. Like how many how many podcasts have as many viewers as they've been on the air? Oh no, it, it, the the balance shifts every year. You know. Uh, oh yeah, we're up. To, well, we're up to our audience now. Right, right, right. Um, so, uh, like, anyhow, the media landscape changes, especially in the digital age. And we've now, like, I, I go to Twitter.com and you I see, see that stupid X. What? I see that stupid X in the corner, and it just looks so stupid. In Twitter. Yeah, I. I mean. Yeah, that like, no, that is that's the dumbest thing that's ever happened in the world so ever. That blue <laughs> bird is so iconic, right? Yeah, and now that, it's replaced. What by do you the think most... is dumber, this or New Coke? Oh, it's this. this oh, for sure. Not even for close. sure. And <laughs> I, I really don't know how you deal with that because it, it's like this. This. So, okay, uh, I guess it was, what, a week and a half ago that, that uh, Elon Musk was like, hey, we're now X and no longer Twitter. But it's still a Twitter.com, and you go to X.com, it sends you to Twitter.com. And I, I guess he's always had this hard on for X uh, in his weird sort of, you know, like, w- I remember when I was young, like, I just had, I, I had these very sort of OCD type of things like 
you know, I, I really liked certain numbers and whatever. But then you get older and you're like, oh, that's just nonsense, you know, but he has not escaped that. And and that's not an uncommon thing. Is that, is that really true? So he just likes the letter X and, yeah. and that's why he bought Twitter so that he could change it to X. No, he likes no, X. no. He always liked X and and he originally started a, a, a finance company an a, a, a fintech company that eventually became or merged or came. I, I don't know quite the provenance of it, but it became PayPal ultimately. And that's where he well merged. He didn't start PayPal. So no, no, but, but he had an X, he had X.com at the time. Yeah. And then he bought it back from PayPal. And X.com. well, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. a good, that's a good, uh, I guess if you want to, if you want to sell porn, I thought that, uh, I thought that, that all the what's it called URLs had to be two letters. Mm, I don't know. That's you, I guess about twenty four, twenty six of them, or whatever. If you go to x dot com, it will take you right to Twitter. So somebody owns it. Marty, you're a professional writer. How many letters are there in the alphabet? Um, the, uh, well, in the Hebrew alphabet, there are twenty four. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> If only we could find out. Yeah. If you know how many letters there are in the alphabet, please write in. Yeah, and no, so, and don't, don't, don't write in. Don't write in unless you want to just make fun of us. Just make fun of us. <laughs> I think by sending in how many letters there are in the alphabet. Like, okay, so how many numbers are there? Um, this many. <laughs> uh, yeah. You so, know, there's, there's a... I guess there's an infinite number of numbers and there's only 26 letters. It doesn't seem fair. No, there's an infinite number of combinations of letters. Uh, so there is a new that's, Exorcist movie coming out in... Um, I guess that's true. ...in October. And yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm planning on not being in the theater to not watch it. And instead of uh, one prepubescent girl they're putting two prepubescent girls it's twice as scary twice as scary and it's crazy because like the all the imagery in the trailer is right out of the movie it's like the original movie it's dogs fighting and you know beds moving and all that stuff it's like it's crazy um but i'm still i'm hopeful that it's going to be good like i I don't think it's impossible to make it a, a good reboot uh and and um what's his name david gordon green is directing it and did you say you don't think it's impossible to make a good reboot? you mean like it's possible or it is Look, not I, possible? i'm not a good writer i'm just i'm just a writer i just i'm just trying to there. get to the bottom of your sentence yeah i i know that's what my manager says every day i'm just trying to get, get the, the bottom of your, your bottom um, yeah, no, like, uh, so David Gordon Green, he, he did all the, the Hollywood, uh, I mean, Halloween, Halloween kills, Halloween dies and whatever like that. Oh that yeah. Reboot. Were any of those any good? Uh, those involve a guy with a knife. So I figured there's some impalement so I don't go. I don't know. Is this stabbing is the same as an impalement? Yes. Oh, oh. In that case, talk to me is full of impalements. Oh. It's it's great. It's it's really. I was like very uh, into it, except I couldn't understand anything they were saying because they kept saying things like "room, 
Um, oh, shut up. So um, do you think that <laughs> I, I think I might've misspoke. I think impalement is a, is a, is a, is a kind of stabbing. I think impalement implies all the way through. So, so I'm not, I, I'm okay. Uh, so if, not, you, if you stab yeah. yourself in the face and it doesn't, the knife point doesn't come out the back of your skull, is that still an I, impalement? No, I don't think that's okay. Then there are no impalements in, in the movie. No, so I guess the stabbing no is impalements, no impalements, I, John. Well, no impalements. Okay. okay, I'll go by my, I'll go see it <laughs> and then I'm gonna come over to your house and throw up. Um, that's so kind of you, um, to, to share, to share your experience and um, my last meal. Yeah. So when was the last time you went on Twitter or I'm sorry, X? Oh, I don't know. I don't think, uh, I mean, I, at my job, at my job, the best way, this is, this is an example of why, why X or why Twitter is, it's sad. Like when, when, when I, Part of my job at, at the, you know, the company that shall be, remain nameless is to schedule in, like, baseball games, right? Satan.com. What? Satan.com. Satan.com. I work at Satan.com. And so, <laughs> so sometimes there's weather events and, and the game is rained out or, or, or delayed. And the best way to find out is to go to Twitter and, and, and go to, like, you know, St. Louis Cardinals Twitter and find out what they said. And then they'll say the game is rained out. And so now I guess I'll have to go to X, but that's the only time I ever go to Twitter. And, uh, and, and that's, and that's, that's a, 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 uh, a signal or a uh, example of why Twitter became like it was, you know, if there was an earthquake, you felt an earthquake here in Southern California the first place you go is Twitter to find out if it was an earthquake or if your dog just, you know, wagged his tail really hard. Well, there there are media experts, marketing experts who are saying that by changing the name to X.com uh, that Elon Musk killed billions of dollars of like sort of cachet that is built into Twitter.com because people say tweet. And I don't remember what you're supposed to say when you X somebody, you know. I don't, I don't know what, what, you're, what that means. Dumbest thing. I mean, it is but, really, it's so dumb. But do you think, I mean, it, but do you think it's, a, do you think it's billions of dollars dumb? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, what, what, as far as I'm concerned, he took a going concern that was an important part of the media landscape and he systematically destroyed it, and then he shat then on parts of it, it, pissed on parts of it, and then threw up on other parts of it. Yes, I mean it's just it's just the last straw. I mean, the only reason why you would Twitter would, if you compare Twitter versus Threads, right? Why would you stay with Twitter after Elon Musk has like basically dismantled and destroyed it? Because it's Twitter. Oh wait, now. It's not Twitter anymore, so there's absolutely no reason for it to continue, except. Well, go ahead. It's just it that you've been you're you've been doing. I mean, nobody. It, it it's it's ridiculous. It's amazing. It's the, and this is the guy who 
created SpaceX. He's a genius. There's no question he's super smart, and there's no question he's really good at making money. At the same time, it doesn't mean that he has the perfect judgment. Uh, No, I mean, he took huge risks with both of those companies, and he just barely made it, and it worked. And so so that gave him, and he has a billion dollars, and he's, you know, nuts. So he thinks that he's right, and so he's taking a whole bunch of risks with Twitter, and none of them make any sense at all. And and there's a uh, John and I, I listen to the same podcasts, by the way. The same yeah, exactly. type of podcasts. Same. So let's just talk about what they said on Hard Fork, right? So they said basically that his dream is to turn it into something like, that's similar to the Chinese company well, Weibo or or. Um, uh, or yeah, we, some some I think it might be Weibo. No, it's well some uh, well has some yeah. So so uh, WeChat. 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 Yeah. So we WeChat Which, is a is what they call a super app. So basically, all your banking. Imagine your banking and Uber and Uber Eats and and uh, Postmates and Pornhub. No, not Pornhub. It's it's China, uh, but. Um, and all your social media all at once. So you can send uh, money to somebody while you're sending them dick pics or whatever. Um, it, it is a centralized um, hub. You can send them money while you're sending them. See, that works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Please look at this. Please look at this dick pic and here's some money. Um, yeah. So, I've been in that conversation. Uh, yeah, I've been at the other end of that conversation. Not with you necessarily, John. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No. Not as far as the listeners know. Mm-mm. But um, uh, but you do owe me money. And um, if anyone wants to see the pics, let me know. But um, what? Those are just for you. So, but uh, I, I oh. yeah, but you there's not there's to have a super app here faces a lot of regulatory um, issues because we're we frown on monopolies here and even though that might be fun yeah, for that's, that's pretty much all we do we frown on them oh there we go well if we just frown them, then we don't know anything about them in no, like 40, 40 years but then if that was the case then elon musk would have uh paypal uh, integrated with with um x and but the thing is like i don't want to give him my credit card information like he's proven to himself to be irresponsible with with data you know yes and with lots of other things too i mean he's got 50 11 kids right yeah because even they are yeah i mean and by the way this is what john and i are saying is just what we heard on hard fork um yeah we're just repeating that because you don't know anything. Casey Newton um, is so funny. He's much funnier than either of us are, you know. No, it's true. It's much more. I think everybody should stop listening to this and listen to Hard Fork. Yep. Hard Fork. Go to nytimes.com slash podcast and listen to podcast. Yeah, I find it. It's called Hard Fork. Yeah. We've got a better name, though, I think, so that we got that going for us. Yeah. You know what we should do, though? We should change it to X. <laughs> And then file file a copyright claim against him. No, we should change it to something even dumber. Let's change it to W. No, let's change the, it to Twitter. What's the worst, he most boring letter? He doesn't no, want Twitter. Change it to Twitter. He doesn't yeah, want Twitter. He, did, he, he, he shat on it. So, hey, we'll take it. 
it welcome can't to, get any worse. Welcome to Twitter. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know the rationale behind it. I just don't feel. No, like it's not rational. There's he, no rational. He's not surrounded by people who are giving him um, sort of thoughtful, measured um, advice. He should be surrounded by people with butterfly nets. <laughs> yeah. Are you still there? Um, is this thing on? Explain that. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, Tyson, Tyson, let us know that tomorrow is is our Lord and Savior's fifty uh, third birthday. Who? Kevin Smith. Oh, great. Yeah. How's he doing? Happy birthday, Kev. Fifty uh, um, what? Fifty three, I think. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Hope I'm, I look as good when I'm his age. Mm, we're both older than him. Oh, uh, right. And then he sent in a couple of jokes. How many oh, letters good. are in the alphabet? What? How many letters are there in the alphabet? I don't know, Marty. How many letters are there in the alphabet? 24. E.T. 24. went home. E.T. went home. That's a timely joke. Okay. Uh, how many letters are there in the alphabet? I don't know, Marty. How many letters are there in the alphabet? 24. L&M got kicked out for smoking. L&M got kicked out for smoking. Um, I might need a little explainer on that one. L&M. L&M. Okay. Ellen, Ellen, M, Ellen, Ellen M got kicked out for smoking. That's too funny for us. Um, Ellen M is a, an American brand of cigarettes, currently owned oh. by and man, manufactured oh. by Altria and Philip Morris International. Ah, uh, now I get it. Um, you got us. You got us on that one. Uh, like, what is this? Like 1956? And then he had one last one. How many letters are there in the alphabet? I would guess 24. 25. The, oh, a the angel said Noel. Oh, the angel said Noel. Is hmm. that a thing? Is that a religious The angels, uh, yeah, that's... Noel, 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 Noel. I don't remember the angel saying it, though. All right. The angel said, Noel, Noel. That's how the song goes. The angel yeah. said, Do -do -do -do. So, do you, should we stop going on x.com then? I, I don't have to stop. I'm not stopping because I never started. Yeah. Well, all right. Okay. I mean, maybe if there's another, you know, thunder shower in uh, um, uh, in Chicago during a, a Cubs game, maybe I'll go to X and see what the Cubs. It's actually they don't they don't they're not very helpful. Anyway, it's just look, right. it's raining. So and then they say, and then then they always say we will provide updates, and then they never do. So they are. It's an um, it's an as needed basis. You know, being I think now is the time that I'm going to start getting into Twitter. Now that it doesn't exist. Yeah. 
So, uh, John, how yes, Marty. do you feel about the strike? There, there's a double strike going on right now with the Writers Guild, and, and we've talked about it for the past couple episodes, a uh, few episodes. Um, the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors Guild slash AFTRA. Yeah. Um, so how, like, they've, they've made a lot of, uh, impressions in the media, but how is it going for them? Um, how is it going for uh, for everybody involved? Yeah, the strikers. Well, I don't know. I I don't. I haven't. Uh, I mean, I, I've seen stories of some people who are uh, who were about to get big, and then now they're, you know, one story about a guy who's about to get big, and now he's working cleaning. Um, apartments or something like that um but uh i have I not heard about publicist killed that but anyhow go on what'd you say i thought my publicist killed that story but anyhow go on yeah uh yeah i don't i i don't i haven't um i haven't heard people i mean we're, we're coming we're after it's out honestly we're coming from uh, out of a, a uh, near recession, yeah, we basically came out of a pandemic. The whole entire everybody I know has gone through some kind of upheaval in their jobs. Um, many people I know are have been unemployed or, or underemployed, and uh, you know I'm very lucky. I'm totally overemployed, um, but uh, so I I haven't, and I don't know a lot of like actors have been happy with the situation before like they weren't getting lots of work right um, but is that the before. union's problem you know is uh, so what i guess what i'm saying is economically it's not um it i haven't heard, personally heard about uh, people whose lives have been uh impacted in a negative way because most of the people that i know um have are are not um like on a TV show that's no longer shooting, right? They 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 just don't have any opportunities to to work. And you know, my I guess this part of the uh, a friend of mine said there were no almost there were like one 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 hundredth of the uh, of the pilots um, were uh, were available for casting than normal back in uh, you know February or. Or wherever, um, or March. It was like the the the, wait, the wait, industry. Always, the industry had already slowed down in terms of like that. The the producers were already saying we're well, we're not going to really start anything. So usually, you know, there's a bunch of projects that get to a point where whoever is financing them is um, saying, okay, we're going to do a pilot, and a pilot is like the first episode, and then then. And and, uh, and, they spend and there's a lot of money, of and and they get yeah, so really hyped about it and whatever. Yeah, and so, uh, or or just series that are starting, and lots of casting opportunities, and and so the uh, the producing bodies were already not investing in things because they they pretty much knew there was going to be some kind of work stoppage. Um. So this. I, 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 that's pretty much all I have. 
I don't. Oh. I, I have not been following the negotiations. Or I. The only thing I heard recently was um, that the uh, that the actors and the writers are not are legally not allowed to be negotiate to negotiate together. Um, they're two different work stoppages, and so the actors are likely to go to get some kind of deal that will not uh, have any ancillary benefits for the writers. Um, so that's a that's a that's unfortunate that they can't sort of stand together. It's not really possible for them to stand together, I guess, legally. But maybe they can't. I mean, they are standing together now, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like the producers might say, "Okay, it's really important. We're going to give the actors what they need, but we don't give a fuck about the the writers." Right. I I think right now, um, the Netflix stock is up, and uh, they, if they want, they can pull from their reality shows. They're, um, they've got uh, foreign content out there because the Koreans, the, uh, they're not on strike as well. This is an Ameri- strictly an American situation. And we're at a, at a point where like, they're not starving for content. And, and it's not like back in the day when there were three stations and, and nobody cared about foreign content or reality shows. That, that that is where we are now, and like you you look on Netflix and people are still watching shows there, and yeah. so uh, in in a way I've felt like oh I I'm kind of free because I don't need to watch like the late night talk shows which I watched religiously because I like them, mm-hmm. but at the same time I feel like kind of liberated that I'm not I don't like have to watch three monologues every morning but which i did religiously mm-hmm. um so I, I i don't i i think it's going to be a change um there was a time when I, I and this is probably why i made it as a, an actor for as long as i did because i was like would do these commercials where i would have a very a small part but you know be part of a commercial and make a a good amount of money and and nothing crazy but uh enough to keep to help me pay my bills for you know i could work three five jobs a year and and uh, end up being able to live which is incredibly lucky and great now if i did that uh, three to five jobs would pay for three months of of my life and it's just not it's not tenable. It's not. It's not uh, a viable way of, of making a living. And it doesn't mean I don't love it just as much. But it's just the the way. This is not going to affect Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt or on down the line. It's going to affect all the people who are the support actors out there. And it's just. It it's really sad and and the same thing with the writers i mean i don't think uh, i heard this secondhand um but i I mean writers are using chat gpt um but 
like the, this is my I think it's the way of the world th where they're going to offshore not offshore this but but make all these smaller roles and smaller writing uh, jobs really automated and cheap. They'll use AI to to uh, buy the likenesses of extras and and animate them in your in the background. They're going to create outlines from uh, using um, large language models and then they'll bring in somebody to polish them and somebody will do that and they're not going to be the big writers rooms anymore. They're not going to be uh, there's not going to be a rich pool of actors who are having good middle-class lives. And I think that just might be the way it's going to be. And it's really sad. And I don't know how to fight that. Thoughts, John? I think you're right. Um, it's I so depressing. It is. I think that... Um, there's no it, it really looks like there's very little leverage there's it's and it feels very much like what you're describing is very unfair um and it it actually reminds me of uh back in like you know the the early the late 80s um when you know there was uh law loggers in oregon and washington were uh, fighting because you know the um, there was a there was a an owl. Remember what it was called? Like there was the some spotted something. The owl. spotted the spotted owl, which which was a a, uh, a a species that represented you know the entire ecosystem. But it was as if, as if we can't cut down these trees because of the spotted owl. So we're going to stop logging in this area as much as and 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 the reaction of like some people that I. Uh, no, um, was those people need to go out and find other jobs. They just have to go out and find other jobs. We have to preserve this kind of whatever. Um, and um, and that's kind of like the sad thing. It's like, okay, there's no leverage on these big companies. They, they can do something that's unfair and replace lots of people with AI. And or they can, foreign content. Or foreign content, exactly. I mean, it's a it's completely like I've been saying this over and over again, but it's really incredible to me. Just not even like ten years ago, no American would watch anything with subtitles. Right, and Squid Game was huge, and apparently the creator got paid like next to nothing. You know? Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 it's 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 like you said, it, it is offshoring. So there's 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 this huge pool of of uh, of content. It's no we no longer have this American grip on the entertainment industry that we had for a uh, hundred years. I, I would and, I would liken it to the coal industry. You know the, the in no seriously like no no I thought you I thought for a second you said colon. Oh no, the, the, I would liken it to the colon. I would liken it to the colon. It's just a big impacted piece of shit. No. Do you just talk about your colon? Uh -huh. Some of us have colons that are not impacted, okay? Uh, look, at, I've mentioned it many times. I know you have. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to inform the population. Uh, 
Uh, so the, send money, send money so that no, send money to to West Virginia because like like coal is a dying industry and there are these forces that are trying to prop it up and you're like, okay, I understand the need to prop up working class people, but is it is it the right thing to just inject like uh, adrenaline into a dying horse, you know? Is that the right is that the right uh, way to do it. That is the most horrifying image I've ever heard. This was <laughs> injecting what? adrenaline into a dying. Okay. I'm, I, it turns out I am a writer. I managed <laughs> to paint a pretty picture with AI. My words. Could not say that. Could not come up with that. Yeah, yeah I suck at AI. Um, <laughs> I have a job for like a week longer than the Writers Guild writers. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's the only time before they come for me. So, and you know what? I, if I'm a business, I, I'm not going to like artificially, I ideally don't want to artificially pay people money to do something that a machine can do cheaper, quicker, no, faster, exactly. and better, you know? And, and the thing, the thing is, is that when you were describing what you're describing, the funny thing is that what came to mind is there will be, always will be prestige products prestige projects that will have writers rooms that will have, you know, there will always put there, but most of the content that's being created is will, will be, you know, smaller, shorter, smaller. Yeah, exactly. And, and one of the things you're asking for is longer seasons and the shows that I watch are short seasons. Yeah, the bear is ten episodes. No, there's, you know. there's absolutely no reason for for the. I, I don't want to see your stupid be... fucking bottle episode. You know, I want to yeah. see a, a a complete story end to end. That's why I I love the BBC content much more. Uh, everyone should see Happy Valley. Um, yeah, uh, um, I I just I, and at the same time, like my family and my friends are all involved at that end of. Uh, of the equation so i of course want them to flourish but at the yeah it's it's just really difficult it's a weird thing so that's why we should just end on uh oh wait hold on very quickly uh let's see tyson said oh i told you tyson's jokes sorry um yeah send us your pod your podcast questions to noonerpodcast at gmail.com but uh john you have some opinions about fast food let's end on a light note let's end on something fun oh yeah so here's i was just wondering what you think about this so i was every time i see uh chick-fil-a um i i always think that seems like a good idea and then i realized no it's not not because of their um right wing politics yeah but no because i think a fried chicken sandwich to me, seemed always seem. I always very quickly realize I do not want that. Why? Because it's invariably white meat, which is dry, right? And then it's and you add bread to it, right? So then you have a dry thing. And I was talking to my son, and he said, "Yeah, so you get bread, and then you get bread, and then you get a little bit of chicken, and then you get bread, and it's and you get terrible mayonnaise, for you." Though. What you get mayonnaise. Yeah, I guess. But I actually, I've just, never, it, I've never had Chick Fil A. No, uh, I mean, I've had. Uh, I went. There's Dave's Hot Chicken, 
and I was wondering what the heck that was. Have you ever been in that? There's a mm -hmm. there's a new chain that comes in. So that basically, you go into Dave's Hot Chicken, and you have a choice of like a, a medium uh, chicken sandwich, a hot chicken sandwich, and a wicked hot chicken sandwich, and they give it to you with nothing. It's just bread and chicken. And it and I don't know why is it anyone would do that twice. It was it was like a horrible experience. Like I, if I had a chicken fried chicken sandwich and I was making a fried chicken sandwich, and I used first of all I would use thigh meat, but second of all, I if I used I would I would slather it with mayonnaise and I would have lots of a big juicy piece of tomato and a lettuce, you know, and then and a lettuce just, and a <laughs> well, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Okay, you're agreeing with me, and you're making fun of me at the How same time. How dare you? How dare you? Anyway, so, so I, I uh, but there, and and then there's we talked earlier about McDonald's, and you know, even McDonald's. Every time I've ever had McDonald's, which is not very often, and when I do, I always regret it. It's astonishing to me how little meat there actually is on a McDonald's hamburger. Somebody's suing. Uh, Taco Bell right now for uh, for false advertising about how much beef they put on their beef items. I my feeling is like <laughs> that's like that, that just seems ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You, you look look at yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, caveat emptor. You know. Yeah, you get what you pay for. Yeah, but you so, can't. There are good like we've been talking before about like you have Taco Bell is always kind of gross. No, Del Taco, it's on the great. other hand, it's great. It's gross, but it's really good. It's yeah. really Look, great. I'm a huge fan of fast food. I love I love Jack in the Box. I like In and Out. Jack in the Box is fantastic. Yeah, Jack in the Box. I still haven't done, done the grilled cheese. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm and, afraid. And, I'm and, afraid of that. Oh, it's it's great. And it's so cheap. Uh but you know, they after in ninety three when they killed uh, like a handful of children with E. coli, they haven't had a problem since. Um <laughs> Long enough, right? Thirty years. Thirty yeah. years. I can. I can. What, and and didn't didn't uh, didn't they also like right after like Ted Kaczynski blew up a boardroom? They had a, an advertising campaign where oh yeah, they're the blowing up the drive-through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Classy company. Classy company, but great, great fried foods. Um, I, I like the way they're leaning into. Are you stoned? Come to. Yeah. Oh, Taco Bell had the same thing of like you know fourth meal or whatever they called it. You know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, 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 my whole thing is like food. I, I, I'm, I'm officially an old man now because I'll go, we went to like uh, Burger King on a road trip and I was like, the two of us got like, uh, simple burgers and like fry one thing of fries and, and one drink. It was like 24 bucks. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. And I'm like, what's oh. fuck this? Like this is, and it was terrible. I mean, it was just not good. And so now I, I'm just loath to go out, and and I have become that old curmudgeon. I have become like Steve's father-in-law, who just like, why would you go out when you can just eat in? You know, like. Oh, that's the way I I always feel. But I I just went to a, I just went to uh, this Mediterranean restaurant next to the gym and it has this this it's named after the gym six packs i'll call it six packs in in in, uh, in culver city it's really great gym and um 
next door is a Mediterranean place and they have the six packs meal or six packs, whatever. Um, and it, and it's, and it's basically lettuce and a whole bunch of, uh, Mediterranean, um, stuff, hummus. It's just, it's just a spice, uh, spicy lamb. Probably. I, I didn't actually look at the menu. Uh, my son ordered it, you it and, and it was, but, but, but then, uh, you know, I, I, he ordered it and he got some hummus and we split it and there was plenty for both of us. And there were four warm pitas that came with it. And then, uh, uh, I paid for it and the guy turned the thing over and I hit the, you know, 20% button. And then I, I said, oh, okay, uh, and then, yeah. And then it, it approved and, and then it was $18 and I was, and I, I signed it and I was like, Holy, wait a minute, wait a minute. How much was that? Cause I, cause I thought, $18 is 20% of like I thought that the tip you know cuz it's it nowadays it's conceivable that this meal you know which is just really a fast food you know oh not, a, not it was like $90 to old men like shaking their heads hand, yeah. fists at the moon you know that's but the was, thing we have no, become it, was, that. it was only it was $15 and it was delicious and we split it and it was enough for both of us, and it was just, and it was, it was reasonable, and it was freshly made, you know. That, but yeah. God, you went to Burger King for twenty four dollars. Did you did you have shakes? Did you have shakes nope. at least? Nope. Nope. And you just had? Did you have uh, the the whatever the Whopper, or did you just have the regular? Uh, I, I the Whopper. Whopper is nothing. I think I had a Whopper, and I think the wife had a chicken sandwich and some fries and a drink. And that's that's nuts. I mean, it was it was insane. And it was terrible. Uh, it was not good. Um, but I, I mean, this is like this is the weird, you know. Thanks, Biden. Right. Hey, so let me let's before we, so yeah. in and out. What do you think about? I'm, I've I've only been to In and Out like two or three times, and I'm always like. Why did I wait in line for this? This is okay, just so in and out is a West Coast phenomenon uh, that has slowly spread eastward. It is known for having they they advertise that they don't freeze their beef. That's like that's a, a thing, and it's not really fast food. It's and they they make the fries on premises. They you can watch them like slicing them, and uh, they pay their workers very well, and it's. Very wholesome food. I think it's fine. I, I don't. I think the fries are terrible. Um, but you know, I haven't been there in years. But I used to go there and enjoy it. But it's like everything tastes the same. Everything tastes like uh, uh, Thousand Island dressing and American cheese. Like that's basically mm. every, everything that they have. And there's one time I went on a bachelor party. Um, it, it was very staid. It was just a bunch of guys throwing frisbees on the beach in mexico <laughs> but on the way there i ate was this recent this is like uh, a 50 year old yeah this is this is in my 20s and it, oh my god i ate a double double and then somebody as a as a joke ordered a four by four that's four patties of beef and four slices of cheese and i was like all right if nobody's gonna eat that then isn't going to eat it. I'll eat it. So I had six patties in the car mm. and, um, that was, yeah, th that was a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. 
still think about it. I, I, I actually, I heard from the guy impacted, impacted Cullen. Yeah. Since then. Ever since then. And I, and I heard from the, the groom today, actually, um, I haven't heard from him in years. So, Oh yeah. How is he still married? Uh, his wife passed away. But... Oh <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, she was awesome. She was amazing. So, and they were great. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so anyhow, uh, let us know, A, if you're, uh, like, what you feel about Barbenheimer versus Talk To Me. If anybody saw Talk To Me, it made made millions this weekend. It was It's a really good movie. I highly recommend it if you like horror films. Tyson, I'm talking to you. And um, what what is your favorite fast food? Um, I'm sure people are very opinionated about In-N-Out. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm okay with it. Like, I, what is your favorite fast food? Oh, uh, Del Del Taco and yeah. I um, but the the um, sourdough sourdough Jack with oh my bacon. god, yeah, uh, yeah is uh, I can oh my god, it's yeah. it, you can feel it killing you, but it's good. Um, yes, yes, that's good. And uh, let us know your thoughts about the strike too. If uh, noonerpodcast at gmail dot com. I'm just curious about, like, of course I support the people who are marching. I just don't know how to win it. And yeah, it's a, like people are talking about it going through the end of the year. Uh, and I just, I, and like I said, like, this is not going to affect Brad Pitt at all. Um, and, and he got dinged for, for filming while the, the, um, strike was going on he eventually stopped but um yeah it's it's gonna fuck up a lot of people and that just might be how it goes and uh i this is terrible um but i when i stopped when i chose to take on a full-time job i really uh, it's something i struggled with a lot and about how am i abandoning something that I invest a lot of thing, time into and, and effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have no regrets. It, it's, um, I still love acting. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do. I, I, I can't wait to do it more when it comes up, but I'm just, uh, and, and this is very selfish, um, but, uh, and, and I, um, I totally support the strike, but, and I, and I've, supported them monetarily and and spiritually but i just i'm so glad i'm not affected by it uh directly at this moment i mean i am indirectly but it just seems like a terrible time to be uh, that type of artist yeah or any type of artist like you think about like the 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 illustrators who are getting Edged oh my out God. by through AI. AI is going to oh kill God. so much of that that world. So, it's well, a, yeah. it's a, this is just the. I shouldn't say this is just, but this is, this is the a John Henry moment for for artisans in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look it up, right, people, right, John. Yeah, yeah. John Henry was a man. <laughs> he's a hammer swinging man oh i uh, shoot i gotta keep the music keep keep slow it down slow it down yeah I, that's all that i know i said slow <laughs> it down 
I can't go any slower. I, I told basically the whole story. Wait, and then a... there was a mountain and he, yeah. and he you know, uh, and so he, uh, they were going to put a hole through a mountain and there was this steam engine and, and um, you know, AI could have said it so much better. Yeah, but they wouldn't have said anything about an impacted colon or whatever it was that you said that was really, uh, oh, adrenal, adrenalize a dead horse. Okay. AI would not come up with that. Well, it will now because it's on the internet. <laughs> All right. You're welcome, AI. And send, <laughs> let us know how you're doing. Please, we'd love to hear from yeah, you in your podcast. If and you're artificial, if you're intelligent of any kind, you know, we're not, we don't mind if your intelligence is artificial or fake, fake intelligence. Uh, that's know. how I've done it. You heard yeah. me, like you heard the big reveal. Made up intelligence. I just echo what I hear. So just if you want, if you want your words out there, just send it to me and I will say, well, I hear that. Yeah. Make up, make up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just keep, let's keep up the uh, Marty's um, illusion that nobody knows. He's just uh, repeating what he hears other places. That's what the best writers do. And we will see you next Tuesday. Happy uh, Tuesday for a hot Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at smodcast.com.